Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Live Free Creative, an intentional podcast with practical tips for living your life on purpose. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I believe in creativity, adventure, curiosity, and the magic of small moments. I hope that every time you listen, you feel empowered and free to live the life that you want. Hello, welcome back to Live Free Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. Today we're talking about closing the loop. This is episode number 193. I have been using this phrase over and over for the last several months, and I think my husband is like so tired of it. So I thought I would just share an episode all about it in case the idea, the visual of closing the loop becomes helpful for you too to annoy your partner with. (laughs) The idea behind closing the loop is just that last 10% of finishing tasks and how we can actually make that happen. I want to share in this episode some reasons why that's important, why closing the loop is beneficial overall, and some tips for how you can focus on closing those loops in your life, some actual strategies for closing up those loops and being able to resume your to-do list or your task list with a little bit more focus and overall perspective. Before I jump in to talking about closing the loop, I want to share a little bit about life lately. My kids have been out of school for three days. It's officially, officially summer over here. It was a really long time coming. For whatever reason, the school district here in Richmond City kept them in until the 24th of June. We've had a weekend and just a couple days of summertime. And so far, I would say it's going about as smooth as crunchy peanut butter. I did a whole episode a couple weeks ago about finding your summer rhythm, creating a summer rhythm. And we are definitely on the path to that, it just takes a little bit of time to adjust. Some things that have been working are a very clear and consistent expectation for each part of the day. So our, like I mentioned in that episode, that was episode 189, our mornings are beginning with a wake up whenever you want and complete your list 
the list that I've given each of my kids has about five items and they're all very basic. Make your bed, get dressed and brush your teeth, have breakfast, read for 30 minutes and play outside for 60 minutes. Those are kind of the baseline ideas. And then after that, they can do whatever they want, play, hang out until lunchtime. Lunch is around noon, and after lunch, if they've completed their morning chores, then they can have two hours of screen time. They can do that all at once. They can do it in chunks. They can plum has opted uh, every day so far <laughs> this week since summer began to not do her list and also not do any screen time. She's decided she'd rather get up and play and go find neighbors and just be outside. So she hasn't made her bed. She has changed her clothes and brushed her teeth and eaten breakfast, I think, but she hasn't made her bed or cleaned up her room or any of those other basics. And she also hasn't done any screen time. She just said, I don't want to do my list and I don't care if I don't have screens. And that's totally valid. So it's been interesting. My childcare starts this week. Today, actually, I have my summertime nanny who's coming twice a week. Uh, in the afternoons so that I can do some focused work time. Dave can go into the office. We both are lucky to be really flexible with our job and our work hours and how we manage those things. It is really nice that we've set aside some time specifically to both be completely unencumbered by children, household, pets, all of those things. We are not doing any major vacations this summer. This is a big change for us. We usually spend at least a couple weeks in Utah visiting family. We usually do, you know, one or two kind of bigger vacations in the summer. And because we've traveled so much over the last six months, we decided to, and our our summer's really short, just eight weeks long, we decided to stay close to home. We do have a couple fun camping trips planned. Last week, we were at the beach for a whole day. This weekend, we're going camping for the weekend, the 4th of July weekend. We have some more beach days planned. We have some uh, city days getting into the city. I mentioned also a couple episodes ago that I was accepted to the master's program that I applied for at uh, University of Pennsylvania, and I have a few things that I need to do up on campus, and so we may make a, a weekend trip of going up and hanging out in Philadelphia and showing my kids around and going and taking care of some of the things that I need to do on campus. Beyond life lately just at home, getting into the summer rhythm with the kids, I have also hit a little bit of a stride with our house. We bought and moved into this house that we're currently living in in January, kind of unexpectedly. I love the house. I love the neighborhood. I love having a little bit more space. I have really enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. And I also recognized from the beginning that there were lots of things that we would want to do in order to make it feel more like home. It doesn't need any major renovation, just little tweaks here and there. and. This week, I started putting up wallpaper in the main room. I Last week, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that I went to Sherwin-Williams and just bought a bunch of paint samples. I had had little chips up on the wall, and I finally just decided I need to actually see these colors on the wall. If you've followed along on Instagram, at Live Free Miranda, you've probably seen some of the behind the scenes of this, that I uh, just slapped a bunch of paint up on a few different walls so I could get to see it in different lights. It feels so good, even to have like quarter painted walls with brush strokes at the edges, it feels so good to have basically started to really claim these walls and this home as our own. The wallpaper in the front room is really fun and happy. It's going to tie nicely into what we're gonna do in the dining room, which is a kind of a sagey green. And then we have this very, very light, dusty, pink, sandy color for the back room, kitchen. I have wallpaper for a couple other rooms that I haven't gotten to put up yet. I'm going to change a few light fixtures and just sort of nestle in, like really nest 
This is definitely more decorating and designing than it is renovating and that feels really good after doing a massive fixer upper in our last house being able to add decorative and design touches and align the design and colors and feeling and furniture more with our own style feels really good the last couple bits of life lately that i would love to share are that my garden is growing i harvested my first couple shishito peppers out of my kitchen garden and that is so fun i if you're not familiar with shishito peppers they're really good you can buy them at trader joe's they're kind of a cross between a jalapeno and a bell pepper so they have a little tiny bit more kick than a regular bell pepper but they're not so spicy as a jalapeno they're about the shape and size of a jalapeno they can be cooked they can be chopped up raw and put into salads i like to dip them in stuff and just eat them crunchy like right off the stem so it's been fun i grew them last year in my garden and they did really well and so far this year they are already popping i've got a bunch of shishitos happening i also have a big dark purple big like full-sized bell pepper that is growing right now it's about the size of a tennis ball i'm gonna give it another few days uh, maybe a week to get a little bit bigger and then i will pull that off i'm very excited about that it's my first full-size bell pepper in the garden i have a squash growing i've planted zucchini and squash for two or three years and never had one actually grow and there's one growing right now so i'm feeling pretty good about that and i planted two blackberry canes along my fence line not expecting to have really any fruit this year because they take a little while and you know you have to kind of tend to them in a specific way the fruit usually grows on second year cane second year wood and so i have these new fresh uh, sprigs that are growing up that are going to bear a lot of fruit next year but i've been very surprised and excited that one of them is starting to produce a ton of fruit already for this year so it feels like an added bonus because i thought i would be waiting until next summer for blackberries but it looks like we're gonna have some this year and that feels like magic okay and finally just because this happened very recently it feels like very life lately my 2008 minivan had some issues driving home from the beach a couple days ago i it just literally shut down like all the lights came on at once i lost uh, steering it it wouldn't accelerate anymore i had to slowly pull over luckily we were safe we were out of the way we were able to call a tow truck and have it towed to the shop we've been saying for years i've driven this car for uh, about nine years and we bought it used and i have put you know 200,000 miles on it, it has over 200,000 miles it's gone across the country and up and down and carried humans and carried bikes and carried camping gear and carried bed and beds and carried wood for renovation and it's just been such a fun vehicle and I thought that it was maybe going to be the end and I heard from the shop today that it might be salvageable so I think we're going to fix it maybe one more time <laughs> we keep saying that but I think we're going to fix it one more time and give it new life and then eventually we'll have to find a new car but it might not be today so the summertime the household the garden and the car those are what's happening in my life lately today's podcast is sponsored by haya a couple weeks ago we were introduced to this amazing new children's vitamins company that includes all of the good stuff and none of the bad while most children's vitamins are basically candy with sugar and chemicals and coloring and all sorts of different things, Haya was created with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, 
and organic fruits and vegetables with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, zero gummy, just tastes great and is perfect for your picky eaters. My favorite thing about Haya as a mom is twofold. One, that they are all good and none of the bad. They're chewable, super easy to eat, and my kids all love the flavor. They say they taste like strawberries. The second thing is the ease. This is so thought through. It's very clearly designed by a human parent person who, with the first order, sends you this adorable yellow glass bottle, reusable bottle that has a sticker pack so your kids can personalize it, put their name on it, cover it with all the little stickers that they want. And then each month after that, you get an eco-friendly refill sent straight to your door so you can just tear open the pack, refill your personalized glass bottle, and you are off to the races for another month of easy, healthy, sustainable, full body nourishment for your kids. Haya is non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. The summertime is a perfect time to get in a new healthy routine with your vitamins for your kids. And I've worked out a special deal with Haya where you can receive 50% off your first order. To claim the deal, you just go to HayaHealth.com slash livefree. This is H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash L-I-V-E-F-R-E-E to get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. You can find the direct link to this special exclusive offer right in the show notes. I hope you'll give it a try. Now let's jump into episode 193. Let me share some ideas about closing the loop. I think that this phrase was sort of introduced to me when I was reading the book Burnout by the Nagowski sisters. They talk a lot about stress loops, and in the book uh, Burnout, it explains some strategies for closing our stress loops, that when we are stressed out by one thing or another, that we kind of enter this tunnel, and we are processing through that emotion. And if we don't emerge from the tunnel, if we don't close those stress loops, then it can cause real damage to our bodies, our bodies kind of hold on to it, our, our mind isn't able to fully release you know, that emotion. And so they give a bunch of strategies on actually closing the loop of our different stress cycles, right? So I think because I had that idea of loop closing in my stress cycles in my mind that I started to pay attention to physical ways in my task list that loops were remaining open. And the way I like to think about this is the last 10% of a task (laughs) is one of the hardest parts to accomplish. In fact, there's an old Chinese saying that says, when you've made it 90% down the path, you're halfway to your destination. I think that that is hilarious because it's so true. That frustration that you feel about being almost done but not quite, and like that last bit being the most difficult, is just a fact of reality. I want to give you a couple examples in just normal everyday life of where loops tend to stay open, at least in my household. The first one is, I think, fairly ubiquitous. Putting the laundry away seems like the most difficult part of the whole process. Is that true for you in your home as well? The washing and drying and even folding and landing in a basket in the correct room seems to be, you know, not that big of a deal. But being able to just get the clothes, the folded clothes from their basket or from the pile on the bed into the proper drawers is as much effort as the whole rest of the system put together. 
Is that true for you? I don't know why that is. Why can we get through the washing and the drying and the folding and yet the putting away feels so difficult? That's an example of an open loop that can just really be annoying and aggravating, this idea that we can get almost there but not quite finish. Another example is the hand washing part of the dishes. So these are, I know I'm just right now talking about some actual like household chores, but I think that that's where a lot of loops tend to stay open. We can, you know, put rinse off and load all the dishes in the dishwasher, but then there's the ones left behind that need to be hand washed in our house. That's some of our uh, pans. We don't dishwash some of our pans, the always pan and um, anything that's nonstick surface. We have some wooden utensils that don't get dishwashed because that ruins the wood. Um, anytime we have company and we use like a big platter or cheese board, something like that, those things tend to just sit in the sink. So all the dishes will get done, but that last 10%, just those things that need to be hand washed and dried and put away, they stay there and that loop remains open. Another example that I'm super guilty of is with a DIY project, I will get almost finished. I get it so done that it feels like I'm done, but I'm not actually done. Sometimes I finish an entire project except for this the final step of like glazing it or doing a varnish or uh, sanding off that last little bit. Right now, my dining table is fully stripped down. I, I It became kind of ruined in our flood of the, the giant flood of 2018 that destroyed about 80% of our house. Our dining table was a victim of that. And we didn't realize it until after the insurance had all been taken care of that our, our it's a 1950s Danish dining table that the the varnish started to peel away as a result of just that long-term water damage. And so finally, after like two years, I stripped it all down and sanded it off completely. And there it sits underneath a tablecloth. We have this waterproof tablecloth that I love. And the table is just ready for staining. But I haven't done that piece yet. It's just an open loop. This can happen a lot in our work and social lives. You tell someone you're going to get back to them and then you haven't quite gotten back to them. So it just stays open in your brain. Or you have an email, you know, you need to send something to someone. So you respond and say, I'll get that right over to you. And then you need to find it and you haven't like closed it up. I want you to think for a second in your life right now, whether it's your household, whether it's in your work life or in your social life, I want you to think about some of those loops that are open, some of those things that are almost finished. They're just not quite there. They're not quite done. Why do we do this? Why do we leave these loops open? I think part of it is like that Chinese proverb says that the first 90% gets us about halfway and that last bit, like in that last 10%, all of the the inertia, the motivation, the enthusiasm of beginning a new project has sort of waned away and we're left with just the wrap-up. And sometimes the wrap-up doesn't feel as exciting. I remember when I was writing my book a few years ago, I was, you know, maybe 80, 90 percent done with the manuscript. And I started to tell my friend and writing partner, Camille, that I had started having all of these ideas for new books. I wasn't quite finished with my manuscript, but my brain was so enticed, distracted by new ideas and by the shiny thing that I could chase that I was sort of indulging in 
starting on the next thing before I had completely finished the thing that was already in process. And she sort of laughed and said, the best time to have ideas for new books is when you haven't finished the book that you're writing. And she's an author of five brilliant children's books, so she knows this better than than most people, that that distraction, that idea of not quite finishing because you're leaving early to chase the next thing is just a natural phenomenon that happens. The problem with that is when we leave open loops, our brain keeps thinking about them. So it it adds stress and annoyance and pressure and frustration that all of these things are left undone. And we often not only leave things undone, but we also then go and begin a bunch of new things. So that we then leave undone. So we just keep, it's like opening jars and just leaving all of the jars open and never actually like closing them back up again. So this episode is about closing the loop and some ideas of how you can actually make that happen in your life. I'm curious if this is like a unique problem to me. If you're thinking, I don't really do that. I finish all of the tasks that I begin or if you can relate. I'm gonna share seven tips for how you can practice closing the loop in your life, some strategies for closing those up so that you can not only feel better, but things actually get finished, that they're not only started, but they're actually finished and and done. When we close these loops, our brain is actually able to rest, able to take on new projects with a different level of Uh, creativity and enthusiasm and attention because it's not lagging, dragging along all of the things that haven't been finished. So there's a lot of benefit to closing the loops. The first tip I'm going to share is a simple one. Set a timer to encourage you to finish the task that you've begun. So this one is an easy one with especially household things or work projects. Just set yourself a five-minute timer and see if you can race against the clock to get all of those clothes put away or the dishes, you know, hand-washed and dried and put back on the shelves. Set yourself a 10-minute timer to send the emails that you need to send before the end of the workday. Setting a timer will help you because not only does your brain all of a sudden think that it's a game, and we like playing games. Our brains like that. Uh, it becomes a challenge. And then instead of just sort of being the annoying thing that you have to finish, it's like it adds this level of enthusiasm to it that you're going to race against the clock to get it all done. Not only that, but there's a, a law that says that work expands to fill the time allotted to it. So if you tell yourself, I'm going to give myself an hour to put all of the clothes away, it will probably take about an hour. If you say, I'm going to give myself five minutes to put all these clothes away, you'll probably get it done in about five minutes. So set yourself a timer to close the specific loop that you want to finish, and that becomes really helpful. Another one, the number two is, I think, important. Maybe this should have been number one, but number two is to define the finish line. I think especially with my kids, oftentimes I'll ask them to do something and they get the gist of it, they get most of it done, but I haven't defined for them what done looks like all the way. So again, if we're talking about a household task, which these things are important because they're part of our daily lives, that if I'll tell my kids to you know, pick up their rooms, but it gets all the way done except for the part where they put you know, the garbage all the way into the garbage can or that their shoes get actually back onto the shelves or the books get stacked and lined back up. There, It's like mostly done. But if I haven't clarified what the finish line is, what that looks like, then 
it's really hard for anyone to cross it, including myself. When I'm finishing a project, like a DIY project, like I've been painting trim in my house recently. So I need to tell myself that the project is done when the trim is painted and the paintbrushes are cleaned and put away and the tape has all been taken down and put in the garbage can and the garbage has been taken all the way out to the street. Like define for myself what that finish line looks like so that I don't feel like it's not quite done simply because I haven't decided what done looks like. That's number two. Number three is to start or stay small. If you're doing a big long-term project or a task that takes many, many steps, I want you to define each of the small steps and close the loop on each one. So for example, I'll just stick with the house example that we are designing and decorating and you know settling into this house that we've only lived in for, I guess, about six months now. I could think of the whole house as like one big project, but that is going to be an open loop for a very long time. It takes me a couple years to really settle in and figure out what I want to do and then actually do it when it comes to designing and decorating my home. So I'm going to break down this big nebulous idea into a series of very small ideas. And maybe I'll break it down into room by room. And then from room by room, I'll break it down into... uh, what needs to happen with the furniture, what needs to happen with the rug or with the painting or with the artwork. And then each one of those things gets broken down further and further and further so that I can close the loop on something small within the big project. And that makes it easier for my brain to feel relieved that even though the big project is in process, that I'm closing the loop on each of the small projects as they happen. Another thing that's really helpful to do is to not begin the next project until the current one has been finished. And by finished, I mean the loop has been closed. So define what that is. And instead of starting to paint one room and then starting to paint another and then buying curtains for another and then getting a rug for another and then planting the garden in the front corner and then, you know, pulling a tree out of the back... Choose one area, one task, one section, one project, and close the loop on it before you begin the next one. That way, instead of opening a bunch of loops all at once, which can just cause incredible decision fatigue and distraction, you can close one up and then begin the next one. So number four is to schedule loop closing days. This is something that I think is especially helpful in a work environment. I work with a couple clients in my creative mentorship program who work for corporations. They're, you know, full-time employees for corporations. And one of the things that we've worked on when we're talking about efficiency and just, you know, general fulfillment at work is to create a schedule that systematizes the closing of those loops. So there's some tasks that just have these kind of open-ended sort of annoying little dangling ends. And rather than spending a lot of time and attention chasing each of those dangling ends throughout the week, I'll say make sure that Friday afternoons you schedule a time to just wrap all of those up. And you maybe say, I'm going to spend two hours doing 20 different loop closures so that I can go into the weekend having everything wrapped up for the week. It's not necessarily worth 
you know, sometimes the tail end of a project is really just kind of logistical. It's like getting a signature or responding back to someone or filling out a worksheet or a timesheet, something like that, that truly is not very exciting. If you batch it so that all of those not very exciting things all happen at once, at least you can just you know, snap through them and wrap them all up. So schedule a loop closing day. This might look like something at home where you say, you know, on Wednesday afternoons or Mondays or Sundays or whatever it is, choose a time and say, I'm going to go, I'm going to set a timer. So, you know, employ a couple of these things at once. I'm going to set a timer. I'm going to write a list and I'm going to close the loops on the different household projects that have been opened this week. That might mean putting away laundry, finishing up the dishes, uh, you know, shaking out that rug, washing that thing off of, you know, washing the toothpaste out of the sink that you keep looking at and thinking, oh, I need to get that done. All of those sort of open tasks that have been annoying or frustrating during the week, schedule a time to close them. And even though, I mean, this may seem a little silly because some of those household things feel like they're always open. I think this is when it's really important to define close and then systematize them. Because if you have, for example, a, a system where you complete the dishes once per day, like at the end of the day, the dishwasher is completely loaded and started so that you can unload it in the morning and begin with an empty dishwasher. That's what we tend to do at our house. Then don't don't only make sure that it's loaded, make sure that you close the loop by also putting, you know, hand washing and drying and putting away those things and wiping down the counters and just like actually closing the loop to completion so that you can begin the next day anew. Same thing with the laundry, you know, finish your one day of laundry with a completed cycle before you feel like it's never ending. When you close those loops on things that are continu- that feel continuous, you give yourself a break from them in the interim. So if you do laundry on Mondays and Fridays, Close the loop on Monday so that you can enjoy Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday without having to think about it, with that tab in your brain just totally turned off. So whether it's for work or for home or for personal or social or motherhood or parenthood tasks, scheduling a loop closing time to close it all down can be really helpful. Number five is to ask for help. I was working on building some garden beds a couple weeks ago, and I just kept coming up short on motivation. I went and got all of the wood, and I started on the project, and I was feeling pretty good about it, and then I got interrupted. I needed to go pick the kids up from school, and then I came home and was just kind of tired. And I I did have energy remaining in my tank to actually do it, but I wasn't motivated anymore. And so when Dave got home from work, I just said, hey, hun, will you sit outside with me and chat with me to just give me the motivation to finish these? I didn't even need his physical help in building the the beds. I could do that myself. I just needed his emotional support, his energetic motivation to sit with me. So asking for help in some of these loop closures can be really helpful, especially if those last little bits are just annoying. They're just like that, oh, that last little bit that is not very fun or not very exciting. Invite a friend to come sit and hang with you while you finish it up or ask your kids to help and motivate yourself with something fun. You know, after we put away all the laundry, we're going to go make ice cream sandwiches. Just motivate yourself with some help and some fun. The next one uh, number six is to batch your tasks. And I think I kind of talked about this with the scheduling the loop closing days. But if you batch your tasks completely, 
then you don't necessarily have a lot of open loops to begin with. When you can set up your the your to-do list so that you schedule something, the start, the middle, and the end at the same time where you don't have to be interrupted or distracted from the thing that you're doing, then you close the loop as a natural part of the process of, of working on it rather than opening it and not closing it. I think if there's just a level of awareness to this too. Like if you define what closed loops look like in your own life, you can start to close them automatically, not leave things partially undone, but allow yourself to finish it up so that you don't have that dangling, stressful last 10%. The final piece is something I adapted from Cal Newport that he calls the shutdown ritual. And he talks about this in Deep Work, which is one of my favorite efficiency and accomplishment books, um, purpose-driven work. But what he's talking about is at the end of your workday, he's talking about work, but this could be your motherhood day, your workday, your school day, the end of your day in general, to have a shutdown ritual where you're able to capture whatever's happening in your mind, whatever those open loops are that have been kind of nagging at you, and you write them all down so you can kind of brain dump. Write them all down, get them out of your head. Research has shown that writing these things down at at the end of the day also help you sleep better because then you're not like circling on things that are undone while you're sleeping. So write them down and then you can take it a step further by actually looking ahead at your schedule for the upcoming week or months and start to plug some of those things in so that not only are you aware of them, but you're also telling your brain, we're going to get to this and here's the the specific time when it's going to happen. And you are setting yourself up for success by when those loops or projects are happening in the future, the loop closures and, and future projects. And then finally, to plan for the next day. So you might want to schedule a little bit ahead and then also look at the day that's coming up. And if there's things that, ha- that have to be left undone today, uh, how or or do you want to prioritize them for the following day? And I also want to just mention there are lots of things that we think we're supposed to do or that we should do that we don't actually need to do. I mean, there's a lot of things that we could tell ourselves are really important that actually aren't. So there's some level of aligning our choices and the way we're spending our time and our energy and our resources with our values and making sure that we're prioritizing things that actually matter in our lives and our family lives. And just for the the benefit of our brains <laughs> being able to lay to rest at night, closing those loops can be really, really helpful. So just to review, set a timer, give yourself a, you know, a race against the clock to finish up some, some of those, those low-hanging fruit tasks that are just sort of open taps. Start small, schedule your loop closing days, ask for help and for motivation, define what the finish line looks like, batch your tasks, and create a shutdown ritual so that even if some things remain open, that you write them down and you know that they're going to happen so you don't have to think about them. In my experience, thinking about the closing the loop takes way more energy than actually closing it. Thinking about getting it done and the the time that it's going to take and you know having to remember it recall back to it that is so much more effort than simply 
taking the five minutes to get it done, to move ourselves ahead and to close those loops up. So I've been thinking a lot about and talking a lot about at my my own house about let's close these loops, let's define what that looks like. It's so much easier if we just finish the tasks we start rather than just starting a bunch of new ones. And I hope that in bringing your attention to this or just talking about it, that you become aware of how it might be easier and feel better for you to close some of the loops in your own life as well. Thank you for being here and listening to Live Free Creative Podcast. I hope this episode has given you something to think about and something to work on, just a little bit of progress in your life to feel a little bit better. I want to encourage you to subscribe, to leave a written review and a rating, and to share these episodes with someone you know will appreciate the information in them to live their life a little bit more on purpose. I'll catch you next time. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.